0: Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America and outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Welcome, friends. Walt and I are glad you've joined us for Walk with God. You know, we have seen in our previous lessons, the book of Astor is complicated. It's filled with twists and turns. There's intrigue. There are plays for power in the palace,
1: including assassination plots. And we have a number of people named there. I mean, we have eunuchs, and we have guards, and we have all these different people, but there are really four main characters King Ahasuerus, Queen Esther, Mordecai, and we yay Mordecai, and then Haman, and whenever boo, boo whenever boo. this is mentioned in Jewish times when they talk about this, they always boo Haman, and and this story isn't filled with intrigue and twists, and and I love even as we begin chapter six. There's no chapter. I, I don't know if there's another chapter in the Bible, Brenda. That makes us kind of smile and laugh more because th- there's there's the so twist. many the twists it's, are great uh, in I this mean, chapter. It's
0: like it's an amazing author. I mean, we've well, read it is th- God, so uh, yeah.
1: Well, we've read this chapter so many times, but even just this afternoon, listening to it one more time, we were, we were listening to it be spoken. And, and we're both laughing and saying the irony and the ah, twist. So, mm-hmm. so let's, let's dig into chapter six of Esther.
0: Yes. So be- beginning in verse one today, on that night, the king could not sleep and he gave orders to bring the book of memorable deeds the chronicles, and they were read before the king. It's kind of like having your own storyteller come into your bedroom, right? <laughs> and it was found written that Mordecai had told bigthana and Teresh, two of the king's eunuchs who guarded the threshold and who had sought to lay hands on King Ahasuerus. We should read their assassination. And the king said... To the person who was reading to him, what honor or distinction has been bestowed on Mordecai for this? The king's young men who attended him said, nothing has been done for him. Well, I want to tell you, when you're in the palace and the king cannot sleep, it can sometimes be trouble uh because a king has many choices he in within his whole palace, he's got the harem, he's got gestures, he can bring have people come in. but the king requested the record book, the day to day journal of events the book of history. Well, what a
1: coincidence. Just on this day, Yeah. That he just for coincidence. this book, and they start reading, and what do they tell him about?
0: Yeah, it's like, by chance, nothing but a good, detailed history book to put you back to sleep, right? <laughs> However, the king was listening. He could not sleep, and he was alert when he heard the part within the journal that Mordecai had exposed a plot for his assassination. He asked, what did we do to honor this man? Now, that's an important question coming from the king because you want to reward those faithful people closest to you. When you're the king and you're the one in power, you've got to make sure the people closest to you are loyal, they're faithful, they will report an assassination, they're not going to try to poison you or anything else. This is a way to protect his reign, his throne, the very life of the king.
1: And and with that, finding out that nothing has been done to reward this man the king is troubled we did not follow royal protocol this should never have happened not during my reign and especially for a man who helped keep me alive we've got to do something so even as we in, begin in verse 4 of chapter 6 of the book of Esther, realize the king is saying we've got to do something this is a terrible mistake that i have to rectify and the king said well who's in the court now haman had just entered the outer court of the king's palace and remember, this story is taking place at the night into the morning. The king's been listening to this. He's troubled. But Haman's rushing in. He's entering the outer court of the king's palace because he desires to speak to the king about having Mordecai hanged on the gallows. And just stop and imagine that. I'm coming in. I'm going to kill this guy today. This is going to be a great day. And he had prepared these gallows for him. I don't know if they have worked all night, if they'd worked the previous day and into the night, but he's so excited. And the king's young man told him, Haman's there. He's standing in the court. And the king said, well, let him come in. So Haman came in to the king and he said to the king, and he said to to Haman, what should be done to the man whom the king delights to honor? And I love this. Just pause right there. The king is saying, hey, I want to honor someone what What could be done that would say that that man is really honored the king is really pleased with that guy, and Haman said to himself, "Whom would the king delight to honor more than me? Yeah. Now just stop and listen to that yeah, yeah, I mean it, it, the the hubris the the pride, the arrogance. Hmm. Oh, this is so exciting. Yeah. This is a day I'm going to get to hang Mordecai. This is a day that I'm going to be honored by the king because who would the king delight to honor more doesn't, than me?
0: doesn't get any better, right? And, I, and it's
1: like he's whispering in his own ear this question. I, I don't know if he's whispering. I think he's like <laughs> shouting in his own ear. This is great. So verse 7, Haman said to the king, let me tell you what should be done for the, the man that the king delights to honor. Let royal robes be brought, which the king has worn, your very robes, king, and let the horse that the king has ridden, your favorite horse, king, and on whose head a royal crown is set, your royal crown, king, and let the robes and the horse be handed over to one of the king's most noble officials. We'll find that number two or number three guy around here somewhere to to take me on this beautiful trip to be honored by the king and let him dress the man whom the king delights to honor, and let let them lead him on a horse through the square of the city, and let him proclaim, and the, the word there in the Hebrew, loudly proclaim, I and mean, this isn't quiet, this is, everyone listen, this is a royal proclamation, thus it shall be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. And even as I read this, I, I have to stop and one of the things we love to do as we teach is we, we constantly come back and, and talk about a head to heart. And, Brenda, even as we do that, this this idea is, it, what what is going on here and what do I need to learn? What needs to change or be different in my life? What needs to be improved or what needs to be stopped? And as I read this, I'm just so struck by the whole idea of of humility versus pride. And, and I'm... And all of us can struggle with this. I can struggle with this. I, and there's times when I love. I've heard various times of my life. Oh, professor and and doctor and, and, and well, we and, like we like that idea of position, oh, power, titles, wealth,
0: treasure, titles, mm-hmm. and, and, and and being the one one that's
1: called to the table for. You know, advice. Yeah, but um, I love this. In Matthew chapter eighteen, Jesus is asked by his disciples, and they're trying to figure out who's going to be greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And really, what they're trying to figure out is, hey, how are we doing? Which one of our yeah? Are you Am I going to be closest in? to you? Yeah, which one's going to be at your right hand and your left right. hand? I mean, they, they're constantly asking this. We who do, who's the greatest? And he calls Jesus, this is Matthew 18, starting in verse 1, he called the little child before him and he said, truly, I say to you that unless you are converted and become like children, you shall never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever then humbles himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And what Jesus is reminding all of us, that there are two paths we could choose to walk on. The one is pride pride. And arrogance, and haughtiness, and lifting ourselves up, and the other path is humble. It's 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 saying no, I'm not the best. It's the the, the path of serving others. It's loving God and loving others well. William Barclay was a, a Scottish minister in the last century, and he's widely quoted as saying this. He said, "Pride is the ground in which all other sins grow." Let me, let me just say that again. Pride is the ground in which all the other sins grow. It's it's a fertile ground. Then sin can grow there because it's fleshly. It focuses on me. And then he said this, pride is the parent from which all other sins come or are born. And And, and so that parent brings forth, that pride parent brings forth all kinds of other sins, anger and wrath and malice and self-centeredness. Um, That comes out of pride. And so the head-to-heart for me, and hopefully the head-to-heart for each of you listening today, if you really want Christ-like greatness, you must root out pride from your life. You must go after it and dig it out, and you must constantly say, no, I'm not the greatest. No, I'm not number one. God is number one. I must follow Jesus Christ and take up my cross daily daily. And I must choose him over myself and, and all my self-centeredness. Yeah, and when I, you know,
0: think of that child, uh, that you know, become like children, you're never going to enter unless you humble yourself as this child, and just that whole idea of how children trust and how how they look to their father, to their mother, and they trust, and they, they believe, and they follow along, um, that we would get rid of that pride, that we would humbly walk in our life each day. Well, let's go to verse 10. Then the king said to Haman, hurry, take the robes and the horse as you have said, and do so too." Mordecai the Jew, who sits at the king's gate. Leave out nothing that you have just mentioned. And and, you know, Brenda, stop. Just think about this. Yeah,
1: we got to stop here. I mean, Haman (laughs) is so excited. This is going to be the greatest day of my life. I'm going to kill this Jewish guy, Mordecai. Not only that, I'm going to be honored by the king. This is the greatest. And in one fell swoop, immediately, all of a sudden... The whole scene shifts. I, I, I imagine he had struggled to even just, just what just
0: happened. What? Just well, I think happened? he couldn't even believe he heard the name Mordecai the Jew. You know, hurry, take the ropes. I mean, Mordecai's ready. You know, like who's who's going to dress me in the robes? Who's going to help me get on the horse? And then he hears the name of the person to be honored. And now Haman in verse 11, he has to do what the kings told him to do. So Haman took the robes and the horse. And he goes, walks out to the king's gate where Mordecai was, we know that through all our earlier chapters, he dressed Mordecai and led him through the square of the city, proclaiming before him, thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. Wow, that is a big shift in your day. 1 Peter 5, 6 tells us, so humble yourselves, go back to the head to heart that Walt just shared with us, humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, under the hand of God, and at the right time, he, God, will
1: lift you up in honor. You know, Brenda, even as you're saying that, I know some people listening to this and says, you know, it doesn't seem like God has done that in my life. It doesn't seem like I've been honored. It seems like His path for me has been difficult, and, and there's been disease, and there's been heartache, and there's been a betrayal, all these hard things. Don't forget, God said at the right time He will lift you up in honor, and that might not ever be here on earth. You might never be lifted up in honor here on earth. But you know, if you are trusting in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've asked Him to forgive your sins and by faith put your trust in Him, there's going to be a right time when you're going to be honored. There's going to be a time someday when you will be introduced as an ambassador for Christ. You will be introduced as a co-heir with Jesus. You will be introduced as clothed in Christ's righteousness. You will be introduced as a prince or a princess. You know, this short chapter today is so crucial, and um, we've talked about this, God's name is not mentioned this, in this book. There's no overt call to prayer, although there is a call to fasting, and we would think that there would be prayer involved in that, but God's fingerprints are all over this book. I mean, it's just, it's just everywhere, and really, one of the great themes of this, and as we talk about the attributes of God, just a bit of theology here, is God's sovereignty, I mean, in the midst of a, of a decree to kill all the Jews, in the midst of when it looks the very darkest, God is working behind the scenes. He's put this queen in the palace who's Jewish and no one knows about it. There's been this conflict between Mordecai and Haman, and everyone knows about it. I mean, even as they build this gallows, it's, it's this would be six, seven, eight stories tall. I mean, this is very public what's going on but again, behind the scenes. And I, I would argue that it's really not possible for us as finite human beings to fully understand God, who is infinite in His wisdom, in His power, in His understanding. Yet the Bible helps us trust that He is at work, that He is sovereign. Um, just a few verses, Jeremiah 32, 17, Oh Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. That's the sovereignty and the power and the authority of God. Psalm 115.3 Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases because he is God Almighty. Romans 11.33 Oh, the depths of the riches and the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments. How inscrutable his ways. And then this passage out of Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, Jesus looks at them and says, With man this is impossible. There are things that seem and are impossible for man to do. But Jesus said, With God all things are possible.
0: And we cannot fully understand God, but he wants us to know him better And trust him more. Let's look at these last two verses for today's passage. Then Mordecai returned to the king's gate, the place where he sits every day. But Haman hurried to his house, mourning and with his head covered. And we were thinking about how athletes, when they've just lost a really tough game, they put a towel over their head. That's something we're familiar with in the sports world today. Haman arrives home, and he goes to his wife Zeresh and all his friends, and he tells them everything that's happened. Then his wise men and his wife Zeresh said to him, If Mordecai, before whom you have begun to fall, is of the Jewish people, you will not overcome him, but will surely fall before him. You know, we've talked about pride today in that earlier Head to Heart. C.S. Lewis stated, Humility is not thinking less of ourselves, but thinking of ourselves less. Hum- true humility, that mindset, can actually lead us to joy. Why? Because our eyes are focused on God's glory rather than viewing others with contempt and considering myself, yourself better than everybody else all around us. Humility doesn't need center stage,
1: and it's not self-promoting. And Brenda, remember, I mean, we need to remember, blessing comes from the hand of God, according to his plan, according to his purpose, and in his time. Psalm 5, verse 12 says, "'For you bless the righteous, O Lord, "'you cover the righteous with favor as with a shield.'" And then Isaiah thirty eighteen. Therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you, and therefore He exalts Himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for Him. You know this story of Esther took an unexpected turn today, and we'll see even more of this turn as we go forward. But let's close in prayer. And, and really, I'd love to pray even um, of the words of First Chronicles twenty nine. Verses 11 to 13, over us and over me um, as we close. O Lord, yours is the greatness and the power, the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and all that is in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom of Lord and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you and you rule over all. And in your hand are power and might in your hand, it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and we praise you, your glorious name. So, Heavenly Father, um, during the days of this week, will you guide and direct us as we continue to walk with God? Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate in With the Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.